The Beehive Sports Podcast is powered by Swing Juice. Visit SwingJuice.com and use promo code BEEHIVE20 for 20% off your golf and MLB apparel. Shop Swing Juice. Support the Beehive Sports Podcast. Swing Juice. Wear it. Feel it. Play it. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing NFL Week 1. We'll have some reactions to the very first week of the 2021 NFL season, as well as some reactions to the second week of the college football season. In sports history, I have 10 facts I'll be throwing at you. In the things that sting, we'll be discussing yet another death of a former NFL player, as well as the death of a former NFL player's 26-year-old daughter right here in Pennsylvania. And then we'll be getting into a case with the United States Department of Justice and former NFL players defrauding the Gene Upshaw NFL Player Health Reimbursement Account Plan in my hive, we'll be opening the mailbag with the NFL Week 1 overreactions. Here we go. Hive Sports Podcast. Here is your host, Joe Bees. This week's opening segment is brought to you by Napoli's. Hungry? Watching the game? Call Napoli's at 814-723-7455. Open seven days a week, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Located in North Warren. Pickup or delivery available. So with me this week, as I said yesterday uh, on the live, Kylie is out being one with nature. So he's away this week. Uh, Honorati was going to set in. And he had uh, some personal reasons he couldn't do it. And then we had... uh, So I had a last minute, had to figure something out. Text my buddy Dwight Damcott. And he was available. Because he's a Pennsylvania State Trooper. And has an insanely weird schedule, just like I do. So available at at, uh, different times. So, Dwight, welcome to the show. Thank Thank, you. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Talking to myself is difficult, so it's good to have somebody here to converse with. Absolutely. So, like I said, Dwight uh, works for the Pennsylvania State Police. He's a diehard Raiders fan. You might remember, if you've listened to every episode, Dwight actually represented the Raiders in the fan rant. Uh, So, he's here with us, and he wants to give some shout-outs real quick. Yeah, I just wanted to speak briefly. Um, I just got kind of voted in as a vice president of the board of the Warren County Youth Football League. Um, I coach the Trash Pandas in the third and fourth grade league. <laughs> the Trash Pandas? Currently 2-0. 2-0, okay. Start. Um, we've had some difficulties to start the season. We had a kid out with corona, you know, right. usual stuff. Yeah. And um, so far we've stayed healthy, but... Off to a good start. Excited for the rest of the season. Um, looking forward to uh, expanding after this year. Uh, they just started a uh, a flag league for the K through second grade. Right, which I've I've attended a few games because uh, Charlie coaches the Bills. Yep, and uh, so I've been down to watch them. They're like eight and zero. They've had a great year. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Evan Wellner. Not familiar with that's him. Ryan. Ryan's the assistant coach. Okay. 
Evan, his son, is on the team. Okay. And uh, so they're, I think I'm going to try and have him and Theo on after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, whenever. I think that's just in a few weeks, right? They have one regular season game left this week. I think so. I think it's today, yeah. actually, yeah, as we're Tuesday recording. Thursday, yeah, yeah, so... And then playoffs are next week. So I've been down a couple times. Uh, the first time I went down, I watched about two plays and got called away to a domestic. So that didn't last very long, of course, because I was working. But they encourage us, you know, to get out of the car and be around the kids and everything in uniform. So, uh, yeah, so this, so the flag league and the tackle league fall under one kind of group. It's under one board. So, um they just expanded the board. It was four members. They just expanded it to eight. And I'll be in for the long term, probably, with Connor coming up through right. next year. Yeah, yeah. Flag, so. He'll be in flag and then yeah. move on his way up into tackle. How many years does Owen have left in tackle? Uh, the rest of this year and two more years. Oh, two more years? Tackle, and then so. he'll be, what, seventh grade? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because that's what that leads him up to is seventh grade football, which is at Beatty. Yep. Eighth grade football, Beatty. Are they two separate teams, seventh and eighth grade? I have no idea. I wonder if they are, or if they're one now, because I know numbers were tough. When I went to Beatty yeah. uh, 400 years ago, we were two separate teams, seventh and eighth grade. So, yeah, I'm from New York, so I was never <laughs> an yeah, immigrant. Right. A Raider fan from New York. Yeah. Never got on. Where are you from? Westfield? Yeah. That's right. I've played some softball tournaments up there. So, uh, the adult flag football league started too. Did it? Yeah, we had our first game this past Sunday, and the Cornerstone Snakes were victorious, eighty-four to nothing. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's a new. The team we played is new, mm-hmm. and I mean they just they'll they're young, like they'll figure it out. But yeah. that was a pretty tough first match. Our team's been the consistently like the same nine ten guys for. Yeah. the last five years mm-hmm. so like we all just know you know it's just the, the con- continuity and yeah. yeah and we have jeff who's probably the best quarterback in the league i would say by a long shot that yeah. makes a difference so yeah 84 nothing week one we play uh wolf run i think this week which is the team we typically play in the championship so it'll be a much okay. better game yeah yeah so football's in full effect uh finally finally i know we made it uh that i think i've said that on the last like three episodes because we had week zero of college football and then week one of college football now we have our first week of nfl under our belt uh so we're gonna react to a few of the games i i made a little list here uh don't panic a don't get overly excited and a smash the panic button list i like it so a few teams i'm gonna go don't panic first uh, because there's just it's just funny. I, I mean, if we were in you know 25 years ago, when not everybody had, could have their say on the internet like they do now, yeah, we wouldn't even be having this discussion about good teams who started off 0 and 1. Nobody would be like, oh God, this is you know. But the internet just thrives on that kind of shit. And uh, so don't panic, Buffalo Bills. I mean, my my own team. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of their fans like Allen's regressing. It's like it's the first game of the season. He took uh he played two series in in the preseason. Yep. It, it's just the overreaction there is insane. The other overreaction uh the Green Bay Packers. I know that they looked horrible. Absolutely. But atrocious. They're but. still 
the Green Bay Packers with Rodgers and Devontae and Aaron Jones. Pretty solid defense. Uh, that was another team that I was just like, holy shit, everybody just relax. Like, yep. pump the brakes. It, and Rodgers and those guys didn't play at all in the preseason. No. None of them played. So for reason. you're getting game speed for the first time, and it's a meaningful game. Uh, it almost... I almost wonder if the NFL kind of expected this kind of stuff. Go lay down, Bijou. He just makes noise. Uh, I almost wonder if the NFL, like, foresaw this with the cut of the preseason games and COVID, where they're trying to limit just everything, plus these huge contracts that are coming out now. They yeah. don't want the injury bug to plague, you know, somebody who just – like Allen, for example, who just signed a mega deal, TJ Watt, you know, guys like that, you don't want them to get hurt in a game that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, There's so much more guaranteed money going into contracts now than there were years ago. Right. Uh, Where the NBA is pretty much all guaranteed. Yeah. That's kind of the direction the NFL is going. Yeah. Like a Kirk Cousins contract. It's all, I think the entire thing's guaranteed. Which you don't it shouldn't to, be. You don't want to lose them. No, not at all. <laughs> but you don't want to lose those guys because you're, right. whether they play or not, you got to pay them and then you're, Kind of SOL if they're hurt. So the uh, the other two teams I listed, one for don't panic, Cleveland Browns, which I didn't see a lot of panic out of Cleveland because they played well against you know Jeez. the top team in the league. Yeah. Right. Yep. So there wasn't a ton of panic, but I'm just throwing it out there. I know I have some Browns listeners. Don't panic. They played well on the road against Mahomes. Uh, you know, Arrowhead, one of the toughest places to play. Yep. And uh, it's just <laughs> the dog just won't stop walking around. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Browns fans, I didn't see a lot of panic out of you, rightfully so. But if you know, if you have a friend who's a Browns fan, tell them not to panic. They're going to be fine. And find uh, better friends. What's that? And find better friends. And find better friends. Yeah. Uh, the other, the last team on the don't panic list, the Tennessee Titans, mm -hmm. they're just, they're solid. They're a solid group. Uh, Kylie mentioned yesterday, because one of his best bets for this coming week is the Arizona Cardinals, uh, he, he thinks that they might end up being better than a lot of us anticipated because yeah. they took, uh, you know, a bunch of pro bowlers from five years ago and threw them onto a or four, yeah, about five years ago and threw them onto a roster and they look good. Yeah. Uh, my, Murray looked really good. So Titans don't panic. I still think, I mean, I've never been completely sold on them anyways as a legitimate contender, strictly because I think they're limited with Tannehill. Yeah. But uh, there's still a team that can make some noise, and I just yeah, don't panic. So do you have any, did you see any, like, panics that, I mean, we're going to get into overreactions later in the My Hive mailbag, but was there any uh, teams that you saw that lost that you saw people kind of writing them off already and you're like, whoa, like pump the brakes? Said, mostly the Bills. Yeah. Everyone's freaking out about that game. Yeah, and it, that was, you know, Tory, a good buddy of mine, I was texting with him about it. And he was, and he's not even, he's a Niners fan, but uh, he texted me and he was like, the Bills played pretty bad and they still, uh, they held the Steelers to the lowest Offensive yardage, uh, total yards in week one for that's across the league. Mm -hmm. And they were still in the game. Like they almost won a game that yeah. they really, if you looked at it, didn't have any business winning. No business at all. Right. I mean, so, they put the ball on the ground too many times. Yeah. Lost too many fumbles. Yep. 
and you lose four fumbles or whatever. I think it was four fumbles. Yeah, they it, you you don't deserve to be in the game. It wasn't the the greatest showing, but like I had said, is just this. They looked like a team that needed a little bit more in the preseason. Yeah, and uh, now they have coming up the Dolphins. Uh, the Redskins team, that's what I like to call them, Washington Redskins team. Yeah. Until they're the Red Hogs, that's what I'm going to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and um, then they follow up with the Texans. So that's three games, three very, very winnable games, especially yeah. for a football team who, uh, despite going 0-1, is still in the top five in ESPN's power ranking. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But uh, the don't-get-overly-excited fan bases. I put the Saints down. Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to like this, but I mentioned the Raiders here. I was just going to say the Raiders. <laughs> okay, as so, a Raiders fan. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we started out two years ago. We started out 6-3 and three and shit the bed, finished 7-9. and nine. Last year, we started out 6-2, and two, again, won 6-3, and three, and then shit the bed, finished 8-8. Eight and eight. So I think the... I don't want to get ahead of myself. And so that, that game... To me, like, because I watched that entire game, mm-hmm. and like the best way I can describe it is, I saw an entire season of Derek Carr in one game, pretty much, where yeah. he looked at times like he could MVP he, he caliber put the ball wherever he wanted yeah. it, and then at other times where he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Yep. It was. It, that was the first thing I thought when I watched that, like from start to finish, because it was funny. My mom was texting me because my mom's like huge. She loves sports. Yeah. So she texts me and she says, Derek Carr stinks. Whoever told him he should play quarterback is an idiot. <laughs> and I, I expected that. Right. Because he didn't play a single snap in preseason. Right. Yeah. And just you know, like we just mentioned, yeah. you know, there's there's definite rust being shown. Mm-hmm. And uh but yeah, I, but at the same time, uh, you know, Gruden's what in year what three? Three. So he he has, I would think at this point, like this is the time that they push for the playoffs. They year three, to. yeah, you have to. And if you're a team or, or a coach who's been with a team for that many years, at that point, you know, year three is about. And I'm looking at it from like a Sean McDermott model also. To where you have your guys in place. Year four, excuse me. Year four? Year four. Even so, okay, so even, right. So at year four, you definitely have your people, right? Your draft picks, your free agent signings. I think there's three players left from the pre-Gruden era. Yeah. Uh, Three. Yeah, and that's that's That's, should be about where it's at now. I mean, I think... When Kyle, I think when Kyle Williams retired from Buffalo, he was the last from the pre-McDermott yep. era. Maybe Jerry Hughes. I think actually, I think no, Jerry Hughes. I believe is the last one left. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, yeah, they. Uh, you get your guys, and it's just time to make a push. So I said, don't get overly excited, simply because uh, what we've seen the in the past with them. Yeah. <clears throat> but if the Raider, the Raiders look good. Yeah. I mean they. They, they play in one of the toughest divisions, and yeah, the AFC West is ridiculous. Oh, so yeah, AFC, the West in both conferences are the two best divisions. Eight, no. Yeah, eight no, yeah, this, this first week, so that so says a lot. Two teams, I only listed two for smash the panic button, mm-hmm. and they are the Jacksonville Jaguars 
And the reason for that is, like I said on the live show yesterday, there's all these reports coming out about Urban Meyer causing all sorts of fucking problems in that locker room already, yeah. uh, where he's to the point where he's pushing coaches out of the drills that they're at the head of, and he's taking them over. Uh, he's rubbing people the wrong way. He did. I did mention yesterday too in the in the live that uh, there was rumor of him possibly seeking out the USC job that just opened. I saw some stuff about that. But he just said yesterday he was asked about it in a in a press conference and he completely shut it down. It was like, no way I'm committed to here, but you know, said all the things that you would say to the media. Everyone's gonna do that. Right. Okay. Every it, correct. Everybody is going to say that. But um they just uh again, like I said in the live yesterday, the Jags lost to a team who Vegas has at an over under of four wins for the year. And they lost handily to the Texans. Yeah. With Tyrod Taylor at QB. Right. Yeah. Which as a Bills fan, you know. Is bad. All too well is, is not a good Yeah, thing. it's not great. Actually, uh, there was a, uh, I can't remember, might have been Bleacher Report on Facebook or something. They put up a salute to Tyrod post after his win. or And then it said something like, it's been a long road. And I was like, yeah, it was a long road watching him as a Bills fan. And this one guy gets on. And start saying he led him to the playoffs, blah blah blah. I was like, actually, Andy Dalton, his drive actually pushed the Bills into the playoffs. And this guy, like, clearly just didn't know what the hell was going on because he's like, Dalton played for the Bengals. Like, he didn't even play for the Bills. I'm like, no shit. Yeah. But it was the never. I just kind of yeah. quit. I was like, okay. You can't argue with stupid. You so. can't. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can. You can argue with it, but you're never gonna win. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other team smashed the panic button, the Giants. Yeah. Saquon has potential, like he's heading down the path of what could be one of the most disappointing careers for a highly regarded running back yeah. in a long time. So I, I really hope that's not the case because I like Saquon, and I hope that he gets healthy and they you know sort it all out. But Daniel Jones looked bad. Yeah, and, I think and, he needs to be replaced. Well, it's it's. I mean, this is uh, just dating back to fan rant NFC East. Andy McIntosh, uh, he represented the Giants, and that was he was just like it's all riding on him. Yeah. And if 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 this isn't the year, then it's they're going to be on the hunt for a new QB. Yeah. Which, uh, but I mean, I just I so I don't know if anybody knows this, but there is a Facebook page called NFL Game Recaps. Do you know about this? Um, I've heard of it. Okay, so I follow it. Like It's like one of my favorite pages. Mm -hmm. Every week after the NFL games, they post like a five to six minute video of each game. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're turning on NFL Network and you're catching a minute 30 of highlights and then they you hear guys talk about it. This yeah. is you get to actually watch like pertinent plays in the game, not just scoring, but like turnovers, big stops, you know, huge, you know, a, a big loss on an offensive player or something like just good, you know, important plays. And they show those for every one of the games. So if you haven't followed that, I, I do a little uh, plug for that page, even though I don't even know, like, I think it's an actual NFL page, but I think so. um, yeah, I think they operate it, but yeah, NFL game recap. It's an awesome, awesome page to check out. So, uh oh yeah so where i was going with that is that's where i watched the giants uh broncos highlights and it they just were it was a mess 
Yeah. I mean, the Giants just didn't look good in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to move on to some college football. Week two, obviously the biggest, uh, most talked about game of the week, Oregon beating Ohio State. Uh, love it. I loved it too. Absolutely love I'm it. I'm not an Ohio State person. Nope. Uh, so the Ducks jump from number 12 to number four in the country with that win. Ohio State falls to nine. They are now the second team in the top 10 with one loss. So them and Clemson remain top 10. And Clemson, uh, I was talking about this at my buddy's Cowboys camp the other, was it last weekend? Clemson, I, we, we pulled up Clemson's schedule for the rest of the way out. Yeah. They're going to destroy everybody they play. Yep. So they're going to be a one loss team probably in the top four because of the junk schedule that they have. They lost to Georgia. I mean, that's not, yeah. it's not they, a slouch team. Right. Oh, Georgia's number two in the country yeah. right now. But yeah, so they lose to them and then now they play like the ACC's just junk. Trash. Yeah. Uh, the other probably most talked about game was uh, Florida State losing to an FCS team. <laughs> So it's like the second one in two weeks. Montana beat Washington last week, or you know, and then uh, this past week, uh, Jacksonville State defeats Florida State twenty to seventeen. It uh, brought to the attention of sports fans makes you wonder how good Notre Dame is because Florida State almost beat Notre Dame, took them to OT, yeah, and then now they lose to an FCS team. I mean, it's week to week. It's the same thing every year in Notre Dame. It is the same thing. They play nobody. They play nobody. End up in the playoffs and get and get destroyed every year. Yeah, it is fact. Uh, So the top ten just to round it out for through two weeks. uh, Alabama remains at one. They won't be going anywhere until like Nick Saban's a hundred years old. I'm pretty sure. Pretty much. Georgia number two. Oklahoma three. Oregon four. Iowa five. Iowa had a nice win over Iowa State. Yeah. Clemson 6, Texas A&M 7, Cincinnati, the only non-Power 5 school in the top 10. They come in at number 8, Ohio State and Penn State 9 and 10. So you have three SEC, three Big 10, uh, one Big 12. Wait, is that? One, two, yeah. Yeah, three, three SEC, three Big 10, one ACC being Clemson, one Pac-12, one Big 12, and then one... Uh, Non-power five. I don't even know what Cincinnati's in. I couldn't tell you. I can't even remember it currently. But uh, So with the talk of Cincinnati, actually, uh, in the Big 12, I've talked previously on the show about the Big 12. They were down to eight teams. Yeah. They just sent out four invitations, and all four were accepted. So those teams are BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati will all be going to the Big 12. Those are good picks. They're not bad. I mean, it's about the best you can do with what's left, I would say. UCF uh, was undefeated there a few years ago and wanted a shot at Alabama, which would have been a death wish. But yeah. uh, For anybody, really. For anybody, yeah. There's – yeah, so they're, they're – uh, I kind of predicted – well, actually, I'd hoped that it would dissolve and that they would go to four power conferences and then have the four conference winners representing the playoffs and then – extend it to eight and add a couple more but doesn't sound like i'm gonna get my wish we're still gonna have five power conferences because well if you want to call the big 12 power conference at this point i mean uh it's gonna be one third of them are 
our non-Power 5 schools coming into the conference. So, But Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati's number eight in the country. But again, they don't really play a whole lot of anyone. So, All right, well, hey, that's uh, that's all I got for opening. Once again, this opening segment is brought to you by Napoli's Hungry. Watching the game, call Napoli's 814-723-7455. Open seven days a week, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Located in North Warren. Pickup or delivery available. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with This Week in Sports History. Hungry? Watching the game? Order some Napoli's pizza. Order the best pizza in the Times Observer. Reader's Choice every year. Homemade, hand-tossed, delicious hot pizza, stroboli, salads, subs, and so much more. Located in North Warren, come on in or call 814-723-7455 and ask about our specials. Pickup or delivery available 7 days a week, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Again, that's 814-723-7455. Hi, this is Brian Hagberg, and I wanted to take a moment to tell you about our new website, yourdailylocal.com. Your Daily Local is your new home for news, sports, and events in Warren County and beyond. Our goal is to cover the people, places, events, and happenings that matter to you in a variety of ways, including writing, video, and audio. And the best part? All of our content is available for free. Head to yourdailylocal.com to get the news you need when you need it. Let's take a look back at this week in sports history. This week in sports history is brought to you by Your Daily Local. Visit yourdailylocal.com for the news you need when you need it. So I have 10 historical facts for you, Dwight. Okay. <clears throat> Typically, <clears throat> Kylie's mind's just so blown. I threw one in here for Kylie, so when he listens... Uh, whenever he gets back to where you actually have cell phone service, I threw one in here for him. And actually, when I wrote these, so we're going to start off. Number one. 1868. When I wrote these, I had Honorati in mind as my co-host. Uh, so since he's not, this one, you're not going to give a flying fuck about. But he would enjoy it. 1868, golf's first recorded hole-in-one by Tom Morris at Prestwick's eighth hole in Scotland. So 1868 was the first ever recorded hole-in-one. Did you know that Kim Jong-un's dad claims that he, his first and only round of golf, he shot 11 hole-in-ones? I find that a little hard to believe. It's very hard to believe. That guy's full of shit. Maybe if he was playing on like a pop pop course. Um, It could have been, but they showed. So I I like looked into this a little bit and I found images of the actual course. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing is, is there's actually a like European journalist Mm -hmm. who says it was more like five. So he's like legitimately backing that this guy had five hole in ones, which is just completely wrong everything about that is wrong yeah he'd be a sports legend if that were the case right 
Instead, he's a former dictator. Yeah. Not a sports legend. Yeah. Right. Number two. 1918. The Red Sox and Cubs players threatened to boycott the World Series unless guaranteed $2,500 per player for the winning team and 1000 per player for the losing team. Uh, I think that because this is just so far before baseball was like a business. Yeah. I think that the baseball gods cursed both of those teams for doing this because the Cubs uh, at that point hadn't won a World Series in 10 years and didn't return to one uh, for, what, till 2016. It was the longest World Series appearance drought. And then the Red Sox uh, d- had made it to them, but then you had the Buckner you know, the Buckner game, and then they didn't win one. I think it was 04. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think that that was a slap. It seems that way. Yeah. They pissed like, off somebody. They pissed off the baseball gods. Yeah. And they said, quit being greedy, go play, you're playing a game. Mm-hmm. And then now the baseball gods just have no say in anything. Yeah. Because it's completely a business, and all they care about is money. That's every sport, though. It's true. Number three, 1960. The Broncos beat the Patriots 13-10 in the first ever AFL game in front of 21,597 fans at Nickerson Field in Boston. So the very first AFL game. Of course, 10 years from that point, we have the merger, 1970, AFL-NFL. Uh, that's a pretty big crowd, though, for like more than I would have anticipated at a the first ever AFL game because uh, if you recall, and and I do want to do a, I've always say this, but I want to do a complete segment on like the AFL, the NFL, and the merger because it's really interesting if you read back on a lot of it. And uh, you know, the owners of the Broncos and the Patriots were part of the Foolish Club, is what everybody dubbed them because they thought that they could compete with the NFL. Yep. Uh, and yeah, twenty one thousand five ninety seven is pretty good for game one. Al Davis had a big part in the merger. Also. Yeah, so. yeah, he did. Yeah, so did Ralph. I mean, Ralph yeah. Wilson was in it. Lamar Hunt, uh, Paul Brown, all those guys were big in in influence in all of that. Number four, nineteen seventy five. This one's for Kylie. Pittsburgh second baseman Rennie Stennett goes seven for seven in a nine inning game, and the Pirates route the Cardinals. I'm sorry, route the Cubs. 22 nothing at Wrigley. 7 for 7. That's a good day. Uh, he was, at that point, the second player to ever do that. It's not quite Kim Jong-un's grandfather or whatever. His dad, dad, yeah. Yeah. Not, not quite the not athlete quite, but. as King. His name's like King Kim Jong-il or something. I don't know. I can't remember. But, yeah. Granny Stennett, he gave it his best effort. 7 for 7. He was almost uh, there. He was almost there. Uh, I thought there was more to this, but I can't remember. Maybe not. Uh, seven for seven. Yeah. So he was the, yeah, like I said, he was the second player in Major League Baseball history to ever accomplish a game where he went seven for seven. I don't know if there's been any sense, uh, but again, that's a hell of a day. They could use that guy now. Yeah. Number five. 1977. The Orioles forfeit to the Blue Jays when manager Earl Weaver pulls the team off the field in the fifth inning due to citing 
hazardous conditions. So I had to look into this one. What had happened was there was a light rain and they placed a tarp over the bullpen pitcher's mound, which was just off of the left field foul line. And he kept saying my left fielder could slide on that and get hurt. They wouldn't remove it. He pulled the team off the field and they forfeited the game. It's bold. <laughs> it's a bold move, yeah. I mean, I don't know that the Orioles were any good in 1977 anyways, so the loss probably didn't matter. But it was nice of him to stand up for his guys. I can appreciate that. You know, yeah. He's a player's coach. Number six. 1980. Dwight Clark begins the streak of 105 straight NFL games with a reception. So that is uh, nowhere near what the record is. Do you know who two players have a streak longer? I feel like Jerry Rice is probably. Jerry Rice is one of them. And Tony Gonzalez, if I had to guess. Larry. Larry Fitzgerald. There you go. Oh, man, Larry. Yep. Those are the two. Fitz and Larry. Or Fitz and Jerry. Are the uh, two? They're like over two hundred. Yeah, two seventy and two fifty. I think somewhere in that ballpark. Fitz has so many weird records like that that kind of get overlooked. Yeah, which is why I think he's overrated. He's underrated. 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 Yeah, he's. I love Fitz. He's just a good dude too. Good blocker. Good receiver. Stayed with loyal to his team. I love loyalty. Yeah, players. Yeah, because you don't get it very often anymore. Not at all. Like he could have joined the the. Patriots years ago and won Super Bowls and probably more Super Bowls for the Patriots. Yeah, which would have been annoying. I wouldn't have liked him anymore, I don't think. No, I wouldn't have either. So I'm kind of glad he did. Yeah. He could have. Number seven. 1989. The Browns allow the Steelers only 53 net yards. It's a team record. So rejoice, Browns fans. Uh, for something cool you did to the Steelers in the past before they just went on a straight terror of like, I mean, that was like what New England and Brady with Brady did to the Bills. Yeah. Like, I just watched two losses every year that I knew were going to be losses. And then there were some times where I was like, definitely a loss. And then there were some times where I'm like, maybe we have a chance and didn't. It's just got the ass kicked all over the field. It seems like they always played them close, but they just uh, never pull it out. I think the Dolphins play them closer. Yeah. But, uh, no, Brady, I mean, they're like the one season, and it was early. Shit, it must have been 2004. Uh, the Bills opened with the Patriots and beat them 31 nothing. Yeah. And then later in the season, the Patriots beat the Bills 31 nothing. That's kind of, yeah. And I think that was only, like, one of, like, two times that they beat Brady. Yeah. That was embarrassing. 20 years that guy was there. That sucked. Number eight. 1991. San Diego State freshman running back Marshall Falk rushes for an NCAA record 386 yards and scores seven touchdowns as the Aztecs beat Pacific 55-34. That is no longer the record. Do you know any of the four guys who were over 400 yards in one game? So keep in mind, this was 91. That was a record. So all these running backs are since 91. 
feel like Adrian Peterson might have had one. Didn't. Uh, I don't know. Jarrett Patterson. Buffalo. Yep. That's right. Yep. Perrine from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon and Ladanian Tomlinson. All have a 400-yard rushing game in for their uh, college teams. Number nine. 1994. MLB owners vote to cancel the remainder of the 94 season and the World Series because of a labor dispute. That was uh, one of the – I mean, I was 10, so I didn't really know, no, but the more I've, like, read back on that, the Astros were, like – headed towards their first World Series. Bagwell was having an MVP season. Every like everything was aligning. Excuse me, at the uh with all of it and it just went downhill because of a labor dispute. Yeah. Number ten. Two thousand three. Ravens Jamal Lewis single game NFL record two hundred and ninety five yards versus the Browns. That record no longer is uphold either. Do you know who has the record now? I think it's Peterson. It is Peterson. So you got, yeah. I was just early on the You were early. Yeah. Yeah. So Peterson by one yard, 296. Yep. All right. Well, that's our 10 facts. I tried to get some good football ones in there since we're in football, football mood, right? It matters anymore. It is all that matters. This week in sports history is brought to you by Your Daily Local. Visit yourdailylocal.com for the news you need when you need it. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the things that sting. It's now time for the things that sting. The worst stories in sports, according to Joe. Hey everybody, welcome back to Things That Sting. Handful of stories to go over today. Uh, I do just want to announce now that because uh, this segment's just got busy with stuff that's been going on, uh, I do know that yesterday was when uh, Biles and the other a gymnast testified to the Senate regarding the FBI's mishandling of the uh, Nassib case or Nasser Nasser Larry Nasser case. So that will be on next week's episode. Uh, I just I already wrote out. There's just a bunch of stuff as you're about to hear. Um, so next week I will get to the the testimony and and all of that because uh, it sounds like some heads are rolling at the FBI. Yeah. Rightfully so, Absolutely. as they fucked this case up. So, all right, we're going to get her started with uh, Perry's Harrelson, former NFL player, played for the 49ers and the Saints, died at age 37. He was a 2006 fifth-round draft pick out of Tennessee uh, where he, when he retired, which he only played a handful, I think, till 2014, eight seasons. Uh, in, yeah, 2014, he retired. Ended his career with 28 sacks, 275 tackles. In 2016, he was named the 49ers Director of Player Engagement, which he held that position for two years. Uh, And then, like I said, just passed away this past week. The cause of death has not been released. Uh, If it does become available and is interesting, then we'll come back to this story uh, if there is more to it. 
26-year-old Carly Short, the daughter of former NFL and Penn State linebacker Brandon Short, was shot and killed in McKeesport, PA, which is 12 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. Uh, police responded to a report of a female down around 10.30 a.m. Monday, September 13th. When police arrived, they discovered a female suffering from a gunshot wound to the head, and she was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, the, the Allegheny County Police Department has an ongoing investigation into this. Uh, at the time of her death, Carly was working at UPMC. Uh, her dad, Brandon, who uh, released a really nice, heartfelt statement on uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever it was, uh, that it was she was the light of his life, was the uh, oldest of his children. Um, so hopefully uh, the police can get some answers, uh, but get some closure. it could be, uh, I know McKeesport's not the greatest of areas so that could definitely be a one where you don't get a lot of cooperation from yeah. uh the people living there and they stay out of those types of things don't talk to the police uh brandon short currently is the executive let's see what this is he's the i'm sorry the portfolio manager at a global real estate company called pgim real estate uh, he's also now on the, since 2018, has been on the Penn State Board of Trustees. So, uh, yeah, that was a, a sad one that popped up. I remember Brandon Short playing uh, the Giants. Yeah. Kevin Falk's daughter was, she died a few days ago, too. Kevin Falk? Yeah. I did not see that. Yeah. I have to look. Did you know the cause of that one? It was. It hasn't been released yet. Okay. She was 19. Um, he's currently the running backs coach at LSU. Oh, no shit. Kevin Falk is. So, I'll have to look into that one. Um, he's not going to be, uh, obviously not the game Saturday. Right. But yeah, the cause of death hasn't been released or anything. Wow. Yet, but yeah, I'll have to look, I have to make a note on that one. See if something comes out on that, like it may on this one. <clears throat> so the uh, United States Department of Justice announced this past week that... Running back Clinton Portis, wide receiver kick return specialist Tamaric Vanover, and linebacker Robert McCune all pled guilty for their roles in a nationwide scheme to defraud a health care program for retired NFL players. The scheme targeted the Gene Upshaw NFL Player Health Reimbursement Account Plan set up in 2006 to help cover medical expenses. Did you read about this at all? A little bit, yeah. It's pretty wild. So Portis... 16 different players. Are 15 so 15. far have been arrested yeah. or have been, uh, have pled, I believe. I have that in my notes somewhere. Uh, Portis submitted false claims in the amount of $99,264 in benefits for medical equipment that was not provided. Tameric Vanover, this one was the one that, like, when that name, it stood out to me because I remember, like, old Maddens on Sega Genesis yeah. and I'd use Tamaric Vanover to return kicks for the Chiefs. He was a stud. He was yeah. a really good kick returner. Uh, so Vanover recruited three other former players into the plan to file claims yielding 159510 in benefits. McCune, uh, who is the worst off of the three of these guys and probably I would venture to say the entire 15 that have pled. Yeah. McCune uh, filed $209 million in claims, 205 of which he was paid out for. Ouch. So Portis, we'll get to McCune last, but Portis and Vanover both pled 
to conspiracy to commit health care fraud. They face a maximum penalty of 10 years, uh, and they're set to be sentenced on January 6, 2022. So remember, it's maximum sentence. Uh, as the judge would say, it's not necessarily what you're going to get, but it's what you could get. Yeah. Uh, so that's Portis and Vanover. Now, McCune, by my math, and uh, I'm pretty, I think I'm okay at math. I'm not I'm not great at it, but I'm I'm good enough. I can I count a lot of strokes on the golf course, so that helps, yeah. you know. Fingers and toes. Uh McCune faces a maximum penalty of over three hundred years in federal prison. So he's being sentenced November nineteenth of this year, and he pled guilty to one count conspiracy to commit wire fraud and health care fraud. Thirteen counts of healthcare fraud, 11 counts of wire fraud, and three counts of aggravated identity theft. That's a lot. Yeah. So by, yeah, from what I counted, it was like uh, 20 years for count one, and then the 13 counts healthcare fraud are like 10 years max apiece. Uh, 11 counts of wire fraud were 10 max apiece, and then uh, I can't remember. There's, It's a lot, though. Like, uh, yeah. So hopefully, uh, they put a halt to this, but, uh, so did you read the names of any of the other guys who pled guilty in this scheme? Uh, I know, uh, Rache Caldwell was one of the names that were in there. Joe Horn. Joe Horn. Carlos Rogers, James Butler, Butler and Antoine Odom were the four that stood out to me. I think Krell Buckhalter too. Yeah, he did. Uh, I remember reading that name. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh. Pretty wild. Uh, so I'm going to definitely make a note to keep an eye on the sentencing for these guys. Obviously, McCune's not going to get a life sentence for this, but uh, it's just crazy that he could and that he pled to that. But I'm guessing in – oh, also as part of the plea deal uh, for Vanover and Portis, they agreed for restitution. So that's going to knock some time off of their, their sentence for sure. Concurrent I'd be surprised if those guys – do any time inside at all they're both facing a max 10 years but to my knowledge i mean i don't know what their uh history you know criminal history looks like but i don't recall either of them ever really being in legal trouble i know portis was a fucking weirdo but i don't think he was ever in any legal trouble so a couple just two brief two more brief stories not a lot to these uh but just want (laughs) to mention them Paul Pierce was interviewed the other day, uh, and he was asked about his relationship with ESPN and how it deteriorated and what took place. And his quote was, there's a lot of stuff over there that you can't say, and you have to talk about LeBron all the time. (laughs) I love it that he just straight called them out on it. Because as like a a person who was in there and saw what we all see, because we all, I mean, Chandler Jones has five sacks the other day, like three in the first quarter or first half or whatever. Yeah. LeBron tweets about it, calling him he, uh, my boy making a run at Defensive Player of the Year. And that's the bigger story. It popped up on ESPN immediately. Yeah. I'm like, you shitting me? Like, who gives a fuck what LeBron has to say about Chandler Jones? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like, you're making a story about Chandler Jones about LeBron. Yeah. And it's just, it's annoying as fuck. But uh, so Paul Pierce... Just moved way high in my book, though, for just straight calling them out on their bullshit. 
he definitely moved up in my my uh, ranking of favorite people. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> and 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 he even says like there's a lot of stuff over there you can't say. Like he's he's indicating that they're just 100% politically correct and Paul Pierce is just like doesn't want to be that guy. Yeah. So he's out. I like it. Uh you'll enjoy this one, <clears throat> which I don't know if you saw this or not. TMZ Sports must have been a slow day. Uh I don't really like TMZ period. TMZ Sports is okay cuz they get some good videos out early. Uh but uh, they made a story about Mark Davis. Did you hear about this? No, but I'm already interested. Mark Davis is worth $500 million. Okay. That's his net worth. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, obviously he lives in Vegas now. Yep. He hit a jackpot on a slot machine for $1,800, a wheel of fortune slot machine. And they had an entire story about it. That's insane. I'm like, that is a big deal if I hit that or if you hit that yeah. or if, you know, people we know hit that. Mark Davis probably put 250000 into that slot machine probably. to win the fucking 1800 And he still can't afford a good barber. That is just a mystery to me, too, his haircut. Yeah. yeah. And him and Gruen had, like, a matching weird bull cut thing going for a while. Why did... But why... I don't get it. Why doesn't somebody just tell him? Like, does he just not give a fuck? I mean, that has to be it. He just doesn't care. I'm guessing it's like an Anthony Davis thing or like Michael Strahan where like Strahan knows he has the gap teeth, but yeah. that's what he's known for. Yeah. And so he, he just hangs on to it. Oh, so you think Mark Davis keeps the haircut? I think so. Because he knows everybody yeah. knows about the haircut. So he looks like Bucky Larson from Born to be a Star. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? No. <laughs> you got to see he, it. To me, it's he terrible. looked like... Uh, looks Amish. He does look Amish. Yeah. It's a, it's just a terrible haircut. It is. All right, Dave, that's it. That's all we... You have anything else? Things to sting? No? No. All right. That's it for the things to sting. We are going to take a break. We'll be back with the My Hive mailbag, doing some NFL week one overreaction. Stick around. Hi, this is Ryan Klein, the host of the new pop culture podcast, Me, Myself, and Ryan. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. Special guests, breakaway shows, bonus episodes, cold beers, and a whole lot more. So what are you guys and gals waiting for? Subscribe now to the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows and start listening today. My Hive, Joe's very own world of sports. Hey everybody, welcome back to My Hive. Open in the mailbag, post it on the Facebook page, tell us what you think are the NFL Week 1 overreactions, and as promised, we will discuss. Uh, so we're going to go through some of those. I think uh covered a little bit of it in the opening segment when we talked about the teams, don't get too excited. Uh, but we're going to read in some some fan reactions. So uh, we'll start at the top of the comments. Phil Gilbert says Eagles Super Bowl this season and next. So uh, 
this is overreactions. So I said to him, is this a prediction or an overreaction? And he said both. (laughs) Fair. At least he called his own BS. Yeah. (laughs) He called himself out. I can appreciate it. Uh, Tory, (laughs) Tory means says uh, his NFL reaction is Kylie's ability to pick a winner from the betting show. Cause he went, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Kylie told him that he's a fantasy guy. He's not much of a sports better. So that is why we're adding a little bit of the fantasy segment to that uh, so that Kylie, I want him to have his glory too, you know. And he may end up with a better betting record than me this year anyway, so I'm not saying shit yet. Uh, as long as he gives me some free fantasy advice, I'll call it even. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Klein, he's the host of the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast. And Carrie, got to add that in there now. Uh, people are way overreacting to the end of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They will be just fine. This team has too much talent. We'll be in contention to make the Super Bowl. Agree with that. Yeah. Uh, again, it was a, just a rust-filled game, and there's plenty of time, plenty of time for even the uh, 0-1, even if the, some of these teams go 0-2, yeah. You're still okay. Like, there's still, you know, it's a long season. It's in the one week longer now. We saw it from the uh, Steelers last year. They started out right. 11 and 0. 11 and 0. And then they shit to bed. The playoffs. Yep. So, this isn't the point of the season where you want to peak. No. So no, it is. Yeah, exactly. This is the time you want to suck if it's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Get hot at the end heading into the playoffs. So, exactly. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Blymiller overreaction of the week was the Steelers win for sure. Buffalo came out flat and the Steelers won on special teams play, but their fans think they already won the Super Bowl. I saw that some reaction from some of them. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it though, it's like if that game, if, if they would have done like won that game, exact same way it's played, like how it went and everything. And they're playing like, uh, I don't know the bears or just some random off team that nobody, you know, then it wouldn't have been the reaction that they gave, but because it's kind of the tri-state local Cleveland, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. I mean, that's why they were like that. I talked some shit when the bills beat the Steelers the last two times they played. So I anticipated it back. I mean, there was nothing, uh, not like I have any control over it. It's just fun to do when it happens. Exactly. But, uh, uh, I'll still talk shit to the Steelers. I think the Bills played terrible and still almost won the game, so don't get excited. Beat themselves more than right. the Steelers. Yeah. Them. Uh, Dave Sherman says his overreaction is that the Steelers are an AFC contender. Ben can't throw it deep anymore, and he put C as in he's referencing the last two months of the 2020 season. Fatigue definitely uh, wore in on him, and it was blatantly obvious. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and I mean, D- Dave's a Steeler fan, realistic one at that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about when you mention the the last two months of last year. Thomas Mitchell says Tampa and KC will meet in the Super Bowl. So I don't know if that – and I said to him, too, is this an overreaction or a prediction – he didn't respond. Uh, I don't think that's an overreaction. No. That's pretty much what everybody just believes. They're the best two teams in the league. Well, they just made the Super Bowl. Right, and they were just there. Tampa brought so, back all of the same players. Uh, Thomas, if you're saying that Tampa and KC will meet in the Super Bowl is an overreaction, uh, I don't think week one had anything to do with uh, who people – 
or, or it didn't change anybody's mind or anything on Tampa or KC. I think that was already their decision. Yeah. You know, uh, nothing happened that they were like, oh, well, I had uh, this team. Now I have Tampa or now I have KC. So uh, Andy McIntosh, big Giants fan. His uh, overreactions are that the Eagles are contenders. Uh, that Jameis Winston can keep this up and the Steelers win the division. So, yeah, all three of those are definitely have been overreactions that I saw this week. Jameis Winston's uh, odds to win MVP dropped like 2,000. It went from like five or I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was at like plus 5,000. Now it's down to like 26 or something. I, I Don't quote me on that, but it, it dropped dramatically. Uh, <clears throat> so... Yeah, I think that's an over that's a Vegas overreaction, but uh you know when they start mentioning a drop in odds, people start wanting to jump on it. So Vegas is making money, you've all been fooled. Yeah. Uh house always wins. Right. Eagles are contenders. Uh yeah, it's I did see a fun stat that I didn't want to bring up. Uh I saw it yesterday and then Honorati actually sent it to me also, and it says that uh, the Jalen Hurts, J- uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson stat. Did you see that by chance? No, I don't think I did. Lamar or Jalen Hurts has uh, more 300 yard passing games. I did see that actually. through five starts than Lamar has through 30 some starts. Yeah. And my response to Honorati was, well, no shit. One of them is running back. Yeah. So running backs typically don't throw for 300 yards. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Kylie actually chimed in on this, too, because he knew he wasn't going to be here. So he wanted his thoughts out there. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts hype train as Hurts jersey sales surge 500% after their win over the Falcons. Uh yeah, that's crazy that they sold that many just off of that win. I mean, and the Falcons suck. They do. They're the Falcons are really bad. They're they're missing Julio. Like Calvin Ridley, you can tell. Yeah. Julio. Oh, yeah. And Matt Ryan's just bleh. Yeah. He's just not good anymore. No, he had his t- his window his window was there and it closed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, slam shot, I would say. Yeah, I would say it all yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Munch does say he likes Hertz, but he just thinks it's crazy that the, uh, Jersey sales went the way it did. And I agree with that. Uh, that's an overreaction to one guy playing a game. That'd be like if, uh, Greg Russo from the Bills, their, their first rounder from this year, if he had, you know, five sacks in the, his first game and I went out and bought his Jersey, just believing that he's going to do that every week. And that's, people's mentality when they you know like jalen hurts has a hell of a game oh he's gonna do that every week and maybe he will i don't fucking know but i don't think he will i don't think so either i don't think he's as bad as some people made him out to be but right. i don't think he's Correct. as good as people are making him out yeah to be right he's now. a better he's a better passer than yeah. a lot of the mobile quarterbacks that mm-hmm. are around the league now and he's going to be a big fantasy guy because of his rushing ability. Correct. And I think a lot of people are overhyping him based yep. on what he can do in fantasy. I football. would. What would make me laugh the most is if, and of course, I mean, this is no shot to 
And it's not like it's going to fucking matter to Alabama because Alabama won with them. They won without them. They're going to win with, they could win with you as their quarterback. It doesn't fucking, they're good. Uh, but it's, it'd be kind of a little bit of a shot in the mouth to them if Hertz ends up being better than Tua because Tua is who replaced him. Uh, and then he transfer, you know, he transfers out to Oklahoma, but, uh, on to the next one, Bobby Pring says Big Ben will make it through the whole season uninjured and the Cardinals will be a contender. So he thinks those are the two overreactions. Yeah, Ben, uh, I mean, he just got he, the way he, so what I saw, and this is why if Ben stays healthy for an entire season like he did last year, uh, this is why it'll happen. He had the quickest snap to throw times of anybody in the NFL in week one. He's getting rid of the ball. They're not, they're not taking shots deep. They're not, you know, he, he's hanging on to it as little as he possibly can. And that's a disservice to the receiving core that he has. Right. They have some talent. At yeah. Receiver. Yeah. Some, I mean, he had a couple of deeper balls that he had Claypool on one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, that's the name of their offense now. As long as he's the quarterback, it's going to be snap the ball, throw the ball and, you know, short. The intermediate routes is going to be the bread and butter, and that's and that's not a shot to what he's done in his career. No, I mean you look at the Saints and kind of the same thing. Like Breeze is an all-time great, but now that they have Jameis Winston, you know he's got more of an arm than Breeze did last right. year. Right? Yeah, so they can stretch the field. It opens more. up the offense sure. a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. I mean you're you're limited to whatever your quarterback can bring to the table when it comes to that stuff. That's why I'm glad Josh Allen can throw a ball like an entire football field. Yeah. Uh, Tom Bleem says overreaction is that the Bills are back to 2019 form. I agree with you. I think the Bills are just fine. They returned everybody. They're the same, literally the same team as last year. Yeah. Uh, so not concerned. I think the hype might have got to them a little bit. They got back, brought back down to reality. Uh, it's go time from here on out. I I predict. It's good to get humbled, and they don't have to worry about trying to go for an undefeated season or anything right. crazy like that. Yeah, just so, go play some football, win some games. Yep. Mike Shepard, M. Shep, he's a Raider fan who lives in Erie. M. Shep says, the Raiders being the best team in the world is the overreaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully not, but too many people are thinking that. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, an overreaction, but by an under overwhelmingly low number of people yeah 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 uh chrissy kazminski says his overreaction is aaron Rodgers. he will be back it's only week one i agree with that it went from he's an mvp last year yeah it's not like we're he didn't forget to throw a football no he didn't he'll he'll be just fine uh tim zafino's overreactions are that the packers are trash Steelers are going to the super bowl and the titans are through derrick henry's on a decline uh Agree with all of those too. I think those are all overreactions. The Packers are not trash. The Steelers are probably not going to the Super Bowl. The Titans are not through. Uh, as I said earlier, that was my one of my teams. Don't hit the panic button. Yep. Uh, and Derrick Henry, I, I'm going to need some hard evidence that he's on a decline. Yeah. You can't you see his offseason workouts. Dude, they do this shit with Brady every year, except yeah. for this year. Brady <clears throat> opens the season with like a mediocre performance 
Any season that he's done that for the past 10 years, and they've been saying, oh, here it is, father time, here he comes. Tampa loses a game, it's going to come back. Right. I don't know if Brady's got any. Yeah, it's just fucking the way that it's the vicious cycle of the bullshit media, and uh, that's why you listen here, because we just say things. We don't sugarcoat them. Right. Uh, Mark Lay says, Mac Jones and offensive rookie of the year chatter is the overreaction of the week. Yeah, I would agree. He didn't, uh, he didn't do anything that impressed me. I mean, to where I would be like, whoa, okay. I mean, he's clearly still raw, needs some work and, and time. And I mean, he's got the coach to do that. And yeah, I, the, one of the overreactions to me prior to week one is like everybody just jumping in on New England, like hardcore jumping in on them. Like this team, this team, you know, they, I, there's people saying that they're going to win the East. There's like, I just That's don't. Funny. I do not see any of that. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that they broke the bank on a bunch of players, but, uh, I mean, I didn't look at the stats, but when I watched the game recap, I saw Johnny Smith in on one play. I didn't see Hunter Henry in on any. I don't know if he even played in that game or not. Is he hurt? Shocker. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I just, we'll wait and see, but I'm not, nothing about, New England's been blowing the doors impressive off as far Wilson as I'm concerned. On the Jets had a better game. <clears throat> yeah. And they lost, but Yeah. I mean he I, that game I actually watched the entire thing. I had that on one of the side TVs that was muted and Wilson had some plays where he was definitely uh he'd be like just couldn't indecisive, I guess yeah. is the word I'm looking for. Uh didn't handle pressure very well. As soon as the pressure was in his face, it was like, uh, what, what are they, uh, uh, PFT on, pardon my take, when he interviewed Josh Allen. Yeah. He says, or no, I'm sorry, it was Big Cat. Big Cat says, uh, to Josh Allen, you have like one play a game where it's like the smash every button play. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I thought that was hilarious because it's so true where you're just like playing Madden and oh shit, oh shit, and you're just hitting buttons just hoping something happens. And that is true about Josh Allen, but I kind of saw a little bit of that in Wilson. But I think that's week one. It's your first NFL game. It's yeah. going to fucking happen. He's still a rookie. Still a rookie. He hasn't played for Bill Belichick. Right. Yeah, so Allen's still smashing every button once a game, and he's in his fourth year. Yeah. It's fine. Uh so, yeah, I mean, there's some good overreactions on there. I, 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 for the most part, agreed with them, except for maybe Phil with the Eagles. I'm not quite sure they're going to win the Super Bowl. Phil, don't get excited about – did I put them on the don't get excited? I think so. Yeah, I had the Eagles on there. Yeah, don't get excited, Eagles. Uh, it's just too early, and you played the Falcons. Uh, I haven't – I mean, it's not that I – encounter a whole lot of houston texans fans but i can't imagine that their fans are like oh shit yeah we got something going here (laughs) no you don't no you don't uh everybody relax it's week one take a deep breath we got football for another 17 regular season weeks that's awesome yep they could keep adding a week see i want nascar and the nfl to swap schedules like, be off from November to February. And then just play football for seven yeah. months, eight months. Yeah, I like that idea. It's just so much, it's just such a great sport. But, yeah. all right. Hey, Dwight, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Really appreciate you. Uh, glad to know I have another sub in my back pocket. I know I talked to Brian Hagberg, too. He's another one who 
I was like, yeah, I can do it sometime too. So, and then Spro, I talked to Spro. He was like, uh, when I asked Spro initially though, if he would do it, he said that he got nervous just thinking about it. Yeah. But then I told him like what it'd be. And I'm like, dude, it's easy. You just sit there and talk. Like it's, it's, you could say whatever you want. It's fine. Conversation. Yeah. It's just a sports conversation. I was like, yeah, we have these at work all the time. Like just imagine us doing it with microphones in front of us. Same fucking thing. So, uh, yeah, no, it's nice to have substitutes. Kylie's obviously, you know, he's the primary co-host, but he can't, he's a busy dude and, uh, he can't be here every week. So when he can't, we'll get other people on and, uh, get some other, you know, get some different points of view on shit. So it works out pretty good. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap up the show. Stick around for closing. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Beehive Sports Podcast. I want to give a shout out to the sponsor, Swing Juice, yourdailylocal.com, Napoli's Pizza, and the Me, Myself, and Rye Podcast. Appreciate all of you. Stick around next week. Uh, Going to do another live, the three-bagger. We'll uh, see how that goes. Like I said, there's some stuff in the works. It's going to be hopefully within a month. I'm shooting for. We're going to be doing everything live. And then the audio will just be uploaded into Anchor after that. So it'll be out, uh, distributed out to all the places you listen, whether it be Apple or whatever. Also, we are now available on YouTube. Check it out. Find us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Just search the Beehive Sports Podcast. Uh, we also have a Twitter account that is at the Beehive SP. The Beehive SP. Search us on there. Give us a follow. And just uh, stay engaged. We love talking to you guys. Loving the mailbag uh, you know, segment we've been doing. We're going to continue on with that. Thanks again for listening. And again, until next time, take care. Be safe.